Welcome to the trap, welcome, welcome to the trap. Welcome to the trap, welcome, welcome to the trap. Let's go. Zen, trap, zen, trap, zen, trap, zen, trap, protect your peace. Welcome back to another ZTP, Zen Trap Perspective. I'm one of your two hosts, Zen P. I'm Yogi LG. And today we got an amazing book for you. All right, this book is one of my favorites. So this is Think by Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Uh, fantastic book. Excellent read. We're going to hop right into it. Fire. Fire, for sure. What you got? Tell me, uh, what was your, let me matter of fact, before you read this book, how did you, how did you find out about it? Oh, okay. So Jay Shetty is the person that uh, did the Big Sean interview. Okay. And when we did our spiritual retreat or whatever, and we watched that mm-hmm. video, I ordered the book okay. right Ooh. then. I knew I was going to read it. So what did moment. you think it was about? Like, did you think it was about uh, what it was about? So not to be like that guy, but I didn't go into it with any expectations. So I didn't really okay. think about what I thought it was going to be about. But And I didn't, like, I don't really do, like, pre-reads on books either. Mm-hmm. When I feel... Somebody say like, oh, this was a good book to me and it's somebody that I kind of like respect or know that I, I try and trust energies and columns and stuff too. So it'd be like, somebody said this book, I buy a lot of stuff randomly. I know you know that randomly, like somebody said a title to this book and I'm just like, yeah, let me add it to the cart or something. So that was definitely one of these, but just from the title, Think Like a Monk and from what he talked about, I assumed it would be about his times as a monk. Like I expected nothing more, nothing less. All right. So who would you recommend it to? I would recommend this book, of course, as we say all the time to everybody, but specifically, man, this book, I don't know if I've ever said this about a book, but this book can be recommended in so many different ways because of the so many different chapters and nuggets in it. Because this is what this is my second time reading it while we're doing this video. And I picked up something different the second time than what I did the first time. And I think it's almost like whatever you're going through in your life that's the area that kind of will speak to you, mm. that side of the book. So I'll literally still stick with my answer of, I recommend this book to anybody going through anything. If you just want another self-help read, if you just want another book that could possibly open and shift your mindset and create some space between you and yourself, this is the book for you. What about you? Um, I, I think I targeted it as like spiritual journey junkies. Hey, um, sign me up, baby. Yeah, if you're trying to become obsessed, obsessed more so with your journey, uh, gain wisdom and mindfulness, um, I think this is the perfect. I want to add to that because we say spiritual journeys a lot and spiritual awareness a lot, and I don't want to take away from spiritual by saying this, so please try not to interpret that as that's what I'm doing, but I also want to shed more light on the self-awareness as well, mm. self-help. Uh, personal development aspects as well. This is a book not only for people looking to be more spiritual, but again, through everything else that we talk about, because we don't always just talk about spiritual awareness. It's self-awareness as well. Looking inward and trying to be a better you and all of that, this book is for you. It even says on here, train your mind for peace and purpose every day. So I would assume if you're trying to do that, this is the book for you. Great assumption, my friend. Great assumption. All right. Um, How would you describe this book to somebody that's never read it? And I, I think we've kind of hinted at it a little bit, but. All right. So I think obviously this book is about thinking like 
how monks do, uh, but really practicing meditation, mindfulness, and minimalism would probably be what I would describe it as. Uh, mindfulness, for sure. I mean, the chapters in this, if you just look at like the table of contents, it's, it's going to be Beautifully set up book. I would say it mocks almost like a, uh, I don't want to say a Bible, but a Bible where it has like those sections where you're looking for like, if you need to look for a specific section, it even has a section in the back where it defines stuff. It's yeah. so many good stuff. So I, even how it kind of sections out, part one is let go, part two is grow, and part three is give. And so even when I looked at like that. Ooh, I never even noticed that. Like it's so much, to me this book, we literally could spend chapters you could talk for hours on chapters on certain sections and certain lessons but yeah that's that's big i never noticed it and especially the the order of those steps like mm -hmm. um you can't get straight to the given well you can but you're not gonna get what you needed to get unless you kind of go through it in that order yeah you I know think, what i'm saying i think it was fantastically written i never even thought about that until you said that that's <laughs> yeah. so good because when i was getting to the chapters i'm like all right so i let go and really, I was. It was like a. You were kind of doing it as you was reading, yeah, right? Yeah, man. So, so that that I spent so much time on the let go section. Oh my god, we'll we'll get to that later. But I felt it as I was reading through it. That's so powerful. I can definitely understand why I was set up that way. But I, I mean, those are vague things that I would say to describe it. To piggyback off that, just a little bit before we even get to that section is. You, you read this, and what you can kind of say you kind of got f from it is, like you said, that, that let go section. Mm -hmm. Now that you've kind of conquered that, when you read it, if you read it again, that growth section will start speaking to you because that's kind of the phase you'll be in, and you'll be like, oh, my God, all this growth stuff. Mm -hmm. And then if you read it again, you're like, oh, man, now I'm in the giving phase. And yeah. So those different phases, so you can keep kind of re-going back to the book. And, again, I never even read the back of the book, and I just saw, again, when we're talking about – uh, how would you describe this book to a person who's never read it or who would you recommend it to? When you when you think like a monk, you'll understand how to find your purpose, how to overcome negativity, how to stop overthinking, why comparison kills love, and I want to add kills love and joy, how to use your fear, why you can't find happiness by looking for it, mm. how to learn from everyone you meet, why you are not your thoughts, and why kindness is crucial to success and much more. And much more. God dang. Got a cool. quote from Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Got Robin Sharma, who, whose book we reviewed. The 5 a.m. Club. Deepak Chopra, whose book we reviewed. They are giving great book reviews on this book. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's amazing. All right. So uh, let's get to it. What's your favorite bar? My favorite bar, and I'm sorry I looked a little dazed because I was, again, I never read the back of the book. So just, this is almost what we were talking about off camera. Making wisdom relevant and accessible is Jay Shetty's superpower. Just in that quote alone about mm -hmm. like us talk about a lot of people not knowing what they want and not yeah. making that, that's, that's powerful. So what was my favorite bar? Oh, you know, I got plenty of bars from this book. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't I, even write them. I had to just highlight them. Yeah, yeah. I, well, maybe you should go first because you nah. probably got – you don't have one listed? Like, nah. not right? All right, cool. Just go some. All right, well, I'm going to just go through some as well. Like, right. this is about to be Bible study almost. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, I'm going to just start spitting some out, and we can dive into some as we as we see. If others don't think you're effective um, at your passion, then your passion is a hobby. Mm. 
Jeez. That's tough. That's tough. Um, let's see. I got one. Go ahead, one please. In Look, Being present is the only way to live a truly rich and full life. You got to be present. You got to be present. Oh, that's good. Um, let me see what I got here. I got page one, seven, two. If you see another one, just, you know, yeah. read it out. Read um, it out. It's like four motivators that I thought was really good. Um, fear motivates you. Desire motivates you. Duty motivates you and love motivates you. We're going to break those down. Don't even worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> the arrogant ego desires respect, whereas the humble worker inspires respect. Mm. Let me see. Let me see. That's good. I was just on ego. Yeah, that's good. Ooh, I got one from, uh, just again, when you're thinking about negativity and stuff. If you ruminate, ruminate so if you give attention if you ruminate on sadness and negativity it will reinforce a sense of sadness and negativity but if you cultivate compassion joy and inner freedom then you build up a kind of resilience and you can face life with confidence when i asked them how to cultivate those skills he said we train our brains in the end it is your mind that translates the outside world into happiness or misery it's your mind that that's your it perspective that's your it. perception all right, so I got um, I mean I'm in the ego section as well. So, two things to remember are the bad we've done to others, and the good others have done to us. The two things we're told to forget is the good we're done, the good we've done for others, and the bad others have done to us. Keep you humble, baby. Keep you humble. That's you don't need to be thinking about all the good you did to everybody else. Nah, think about the good that people. Giannis did said you. that. Remember, Who? Giannis after Kupo. Yeah, he did. Once the game is over, I don't think about I'm this, I'm that. Yep. The work starts again. Absolutely. Detachment is not that you own nothing, but that nothing should own you. That and hey, that section of the book was good. I know you love some detachment. <laughs> it ain't nothing I got that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nothing in this world is yours. And that detachment section really like took me there as far as like realizing that I I can't. Like, I don't need to be attaching to this stuff. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Just finish your quotes. Finish your quotes. <laughs> um, uh, both. All right. Let me start from the beginning of that. <clears throat> I hope y'all enjoy this. Because <laughs> we having fun. We all have happy memories that we enjoy revisiting and painful memories that we can't let go. But both nostalgia and remorse can be trapped. Closing us off from new experiences and keeping us locked in the unresolved past and or the good old days. Just as the past is unchangeable, the future is unknowable. A certain amount of planning is useful and good preparation for the various scenarios ahead. Semantics. Mm -hmm. But when these thoughts tip into repetitive anxiety and worry or unrealistic aspirations, they are no longer productive. Mm. Dang. They are no longer productive. They are no longer they are, productive. No that's, longer when you, that's when you tip into the overthinking anxiety stage. You are no longer being effective in doing this, doing this root cause analysis as you explain it sometimes. It is no longer serving your goal and is stealing your joy from the moment. Dang. You're not making space for the moment to be what it is and to be something better than what you imagined and what happened to you in the past. All right, I got a little passage for you. So 
and and one of these things they compare your mind to like a monkey, right? So just just know that, as a <laughs> which is you know, <laughs> you know why they do that. <laughs> it's not at all. Everything's why they monkeys, do that. huh? It's not at all why they do that. Um, okay, I don't identify the, with a monkey. <laughs> when the monkey mind, which amplifies negativity, tries to convince us that we're useless and worthless, the reasonable monk mind counters by pointing out that others have given us their time, energy, and love. They have made efforts on our behalf. Gratitude for their kindness is intertwined with self-esteem. Because if we are worthless, then that would make their generosity towards us worthless. To me, that was so good. Because even in gratitude, you're validating almost who you are. Yes. Man, that's dope. You can be negative in gratitude. (laughs) My ego does it all the time. (laughs) I believe you. I got plenty of stuff. I'm sure you do. I got examples that deal with you. All right. Unfortunately, our our productivity-driven society encourages us to live uh, where we like ignoring sleep is what he talked about ahead of that. We tend to wear our ability to get by on little sleep as some sort of badge of honor that validates our work ethic. Mm. But what it is is a profound failure of self-respect and priorities. Dang. Read you for filth out here. Talking Just talking about sleep. Like, what? Dang, I just wanted to take a nap. <laughs> All right. Um, too often, we love people who don't love us. But we fail to return the love of others who do. You don't even love on who you love you. Dang. 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 You missing it. Give half yourself to the people you love and your full self. People don't give up. Don't could care less. All right. Um, there's the four types of trust. I thought that was good. Care, competence, character, and consistency. And I'm going to go ahead and break these down if you don't mind. Man, let's go because I think we kind of, we got bars for days. We got bars for days. But competence is more so the person who has the right skills to solve your issues. They're an expert in that area. So you go to those people for trust if they're competent versus you go to someone you may care about. Um, They care about your well-being and what's for you and not your success. And then he talks about character. So a person that you may go to that you trust for character it's people with strong moral compasses and uncompromising values. And then consistency is your reliable friend, your reliable person that's always present and available when you need them. So in this section, they were talking about relationships and why we have relationships and the trust that we have in people in competence, care, character, and consistency are those four things. And for me, I knew immediately who popped up like in my life mm-hmm. in each area. I know who's competent, who I feel is caring, who is has the best character, I think, or their consistency. I know if I want somebody to just answer the phone, I'm going to call so-and-so. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So facts. that definitely spoke to me because um, it was so real. Uh, let me see because, again, we can kill them with quotes. Let's see. Uh, let's just talk about some favorite sections. All right, What's so your favorite section? Again, my, my let, the let go area was just good for me and, and really um, – what I got out of that was because I was looking at a lot of, I think the chapters are like identity, negativity, fear, and intention. And for me, negativity and fear just blew me out of the water. Like one of the first things I found in negativity was cancers of the mind, comparing, complaining, and criticizing. Cancer. 
cancers of the mind, literally. Um, so a lot of it just really talked about like the negativity you spew out, the negativity that you are around, um, how others affect you, how others may view you if you're trying to be positive. And so that section really spoke to me as well as fear. I got a lot of fear, which I'm not even going to claim that anymore. Let me say that. I'm, I'm working through fear. And this chapter really broke down some really good concepts on fear and how we let things prevent us from reaching our full potential or doing our thing. So um, that was probably my most, uh, I guess, I would even say difficult section because as I was reading, and so in this book, they have all these, uh, I'm going to just turn it around real quick, these little gray areas. And it's a bunch of them. They're everywhere, right? Um, yeah. And it's just like try exercises. It's exercises for you to really implement right then. So I'm reading through the book and I'm talking about accepting fear. And then it says, try this, rate your fear. Draw a line zero to one or zero at one end and 10 at the other. What's the worst thing you can imagine? Maybe it's paralyzing. You get a paralyzing injury or you lose a loved one. Make that line go to 10. Now rate your current fear in relation to that one. Hmm. Just doing this gives some perspective. When you feel fear crop up, rate it. And then does it fall next to something that's truly scary? Uh, so that was a good one for me because I can say my greatest fear is, you know, like you said, some type of uh, accident or, huh? I don't know. You don't know my greatest, my greatest fear is probably dying alone. I think that's a normal, very yeah. similar fear. But if I can compare that to some of the stuff that I'm scared of doing now, it's like, that's Puts not it even. in perspective. Yeah, like, that's not even. That's realistic. like that everything relative type of thing. Again, putting it in perspective. And I think what it speaks to a lot on is the logical side of your brain. Like you, you, you enjoy what gives you a lot of peace from what I'm getting from that is a lot of logic in yeah. crossing those things out. And like what we talked about, about making peace with them, those different scenarios. So now you're prepared for whatever, because you like, I made peace with it. The biggest thing I would find, I would say in fear, uh, which is, I'm going to say is my favorite chapter is that he basically said, you should look at fear as it is not you, you, you are not fear. It is not part of your identity. So separate your fear from yourself. Yeah. And speak to your fear. Creating space. I can see you. Uh, I think it says something here like, um, to close the gap with our fear, we must acknowledge its presence. As my teacher told us, you've got to recognize your pain. We were still seated, and he told us to take a deep breath and silently say, I see you to our pain. That was our first acknowledgement of our relationship with fear, to breathe in and repeat it. I see you, my pain. I see you, my fear. And as we breathed out, we said, I see you and I'm here with you. I see you and I'm here for you. Pain makes us pay attention, or it should. When we say, I see you, we're giving it the attention it is asking for, just like a crying baby needs to be heard or held. So it's definitely not telling you to ignore your fear or ignore your pain. Yes, that is real. The things you are feeling is real. Just realize that you don't have to identify with those things. Speak to those things. Address those things. Work through those things. But you don't have to say that you are that fear or you are that pain. That was That's so beautiful. powerful for me. That speaks to the duality of conflicting ideas. It yeah, speaks yeah. to that of I'm owning that I am going to be less fearful in the future, and I currently am working on that. And I'm also owning that my fear is real and that my fear is 
does all of this, but I'm just not giving it power anymore to overwhelm and overtake me. And I'm choosing to believe and do the work to be in this positive state. Absolutely. All right, so what was your favorite chapter? Ooh, okay. And this okay. is the second read, right? Honestly, you brought it to my attention that I, I think almost naturally, the first time I read it, I was definitely in the let go. Yeah. I was all in the let go chapter, definitely more so probably on the intention for me and like the identity, challenging my identity. Mm -hmm. And now when I reread it the second time, I think the grow was really big for me. And I think the first time I read it, grow was kind of big only because like, the story of the scorpion, which I'll tell too, uh, was big for me. Go ahead, but, tell it. All right, cool. So uh, it's like two monks uh, sitting by a lake. Uh, one monk has his, I guess, hand down, and they can see a scorpion about to go into the water and pretty much drown itself and kill itself. This monk will take his hand, pick the scorpion up, and put it back down to safety. And every time the monk picked the scorpion up, it would sting him. And the other monk was sitting beside him and just noticing. And literally the whole time they were there, you know, relaxing, chilling, meditating, doing whatever monks do. He kept, he just kept doing it like over and over and he would get stung. And he asked them like, well, why do you, why do you keep uh, picking the scorpion up if you know it's going to sting you? And the monk is just like, well, the scorpion's nature is to sting and my nature is to be caring. So I just, so he just keeps, Man, that's that what his nature is. That's what he believes. That's what he identifies with. And that's what he's choosing to do. No matter the circumstances, no matter what's going on, unwavering faith and whatever effort as well. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. I thought that was such an interesting story just cause like oftentimes as soon as something hurts or is, is not our way, we're done. We're done with that passion. We're done with that goal. We're done with that dream. And what that said to me is my purpose, no matter what, is is always going to be forefront. So that was powerful. Really. Uh, so going into what was big for me, again, going into that chapter is it keeps coming up. Routine. Mm. Purpose, routine, focusing on your mind, killing your, not, not killing your ego, because you can't kill your ego, but working with your ego just like you work with your fear and all these other things that are in you. So that part two of just really trying to figure out what your uh, dharma is and stuff like that. Like all of that just really spoke to me a lot because it again, I think me and you debate a lot on uh, that same subject of people being capable of, of, of really making powerful impacts and changing mm -hmm. their lives. And I think most people on these self-help journeys and most motivational speakers and self-help people, that's the number one thing that they keep reiterating is that like everyone is capable. You are choosing to not change or challenge your perspective or create that space you need to really understand what you need to improve to get to where you deem success and where you want to be. So that was real big for me, um, just talking, even the cleaning story, because I think in some of our meditations we talk, but I don't know if the point hits home enough that like getting out of routine and having these down moments is a part of the story. It's a part of the process. And once you respect it as such, you don't spend a lot of time dwelling on that part of your life, like really dwelling on those low moments. Um, because you show yourself grace and you keep moving. And once you realize that like, this is going to happen, you treat those feelings and emotions like clouds. You process them, you, you let them go. You, you focus on what you can, which emotion can serve you at that time. And you just go for it. So the cleaning story I was talking about is like, as monks, they had to do chores all the time, mm -hmm. all these chores and to figure out what they like and don't like, they're doing all these different things. 
And instead of going into it like, man, I hate doing this. I know I hate doing this. They're looking for lessons in everything. Everything they do, they look for a lesson. Like, oh, if, if nothing at all, I'm learning that I don't really like this activity. And I could be doing something else productive while doing that activity. I could be working on this or working on that that could serve my purpose yeah. and taking a skill from it that I can that can take from it. So, again, he compared when you're cleaning a temple that's outside. As you clean the temple, it's going to get dirty again. as you're cleaning it. And how frustrating that can be for people. But that's how you treat meditation and your routines and stuff. As you do your routine, you're going to have these mountaintop peaks of joy and of super effectiveness. And you're also going to have these lows of, I'm doing this routine and I don't think nothing's changing. I ain't losing no weight. I ain't getting no smarter. If anything, I feel more confused than when I was because I was blissful before by just doing the bare minimal of like nothing. I wasn't putting myself out there, but now I feel terrible. Right. This can't be working. But if you have the unwavering faith to trust in the routine and trust in the stuff that you're doing, good. you get there. So that was just real big for me. All right. So I thought uh, one of these was really good for my ego. And uh, I'm going to just read it to you. And it, it starts with, don't buy into your own hype, right? So it says, if you're so so lucky as to be successful, hear the same words of the victor victorious Roman generals heard. Remember, you are but a man. Remember, you will die. Feel free to tweak that for your gender. But basically, these Roman soldiers would come back from like winning something, winning some war. And they would have people stand behind them to remind them that, hey, you you are a man. Like, you will also die one day. Like, you won't always come back victorious. Yeah. And that's to keep yourself humble. It was to keep them humble. But it definitely made me think, like, hey, I do some really good things. And my ego can get out of control sometimes. So, reminding myself that, hey, you're yet just a person, a human. <laughs> I think our friendship and the people we keep around <laughs> definitely – keep us yeah. humble it's like in that kanye duck about his mama saying be a giant with your feet on the remembering your feet yeah. are on the ground yeah, right, and right. so many different quotes to just keep you in that mindset of being humble yeah because I, I think it even talks about the difference between having like confidence and self-esteem and, and that being a bad thing versus like no i can believe in myself and still not be arrogant and cocky yeah. and stuff like that so it even says in a piggyback off it kind of what you were saying on like uh Basically, it's you can't kill your ego, right? It says right here, overcoming your ego is a practice, not an accomplishment. This is something you're going to continue to have to do. Real greatness is when you use your own achievements to teach others, and they learn how to teach others, and the greatness that you've accomplished expanded, expands exponentially. That's what... That's what you should be going for, but realize that's a practice. Like, that's just all something that's going to continue practice. to work. It's all a practice. You're continuing to strive towards a point. Th that goal, you had to set it yourself, but you're continuing to strive for that goal. For sure. Yeah, and what I get from most of the chapters that I read is about learning how, what you're really learning, again, and why I brought up like the self-awareness versus spiritual um, awareness is like when you equip yourself with, with awareness and you create that space to take the time to reflect and to improve and actually trial out stuff and be aware while you're trialing that stuff out in a mission baby baby <clears throat>
And we back like cook crack on the stoves of the people that we hate. We know what to do. We know what we ain't. We know who we are. We know who we be. We know what we see. We know. Jimmy, it ain't time for the trap shit yet. It's always it's time coming. for the trap shit. It's coming. Hey, I'm damn. We shouldn't have started this. Did you find where Dharma been? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Come on, man. Good. Come on, man. You, you ain't prepared. You prepared. All right, so yeah, what I was saying about awareness, like once you learn how to create space and how to uh, use awareness to your advantage, and when I say awareness, of course we're not gonna be aware of what we're doing all the time, Mm -hmm. but the goal is to get better at being aware so that we can embody those traits and personality types and invite those different types of energies in to use the law of attraction and all this other stuff that we've learned to not chase but attract all those things that we want and deem successful in our lives so that's why i just wanted to make sure it's clear that we're not just talking about like spiritual awareness we're we're mainly talking about self-awareness being aware of what works best for you absolutely um yeah so if we you know kind of close out on favorite section again i know we talked about dharma and monkey mind so just want to be able to define those things so dharma's definition is Really, it's almost like an equation. Passion plus expertise plus usefulness equals dharma. Dharma is using, um, so again, what it says is everyone has a psychophysical nature, and that's almost like your intuition, your gut, whatever you want to call it, which determines where they flourish and what you thrive in, what you are good at. Dharma is using that natural inclination, the things you're good at, your thrive mode to serve others. That's all it is. And it's saying that you should feel passion when the process is pleasing and your execution is skillful. So what what you're good at, the response should be positive. And when you're doing that, you should feel your passion. And you also almost should be one of those activities where you're not tracking time. Like you're not just like, oh, I wish almost that this was over. But you're just getting lost in time, getting lost in your passion, lost in your dharma. So that's kind of high level what dharma means. Yeah, and it, it breaks down like these four quadrants of potentials as well that I thought was really cool, which was one is something that you're skilled at, but there's no passion. Two is something that you're skilled at and there's passion. And three is no skill, no passion. And four is no passion, but skill. Um, I'm sorry, no no skill, but passion. So in that, I think they even start going into something they call Varna. Varna, yep. Varna, which is I'm trying to find a definition to that. But... Basically, there are four Varnas, and the Varnas are the guide, the leader, the creator, and the maker. And you can think of Varna as passion and skills. Seva is understanding the world's needs and selflessly serving others by using your Varna, which will equal your Dharma. Exactly. So it really starts going into, like, driving into your purpose, and it has a personality test at the end. Which I think we both took. Did you we both that? took. I don't know what you got. She don't know what I got. So okay. I'm definitely excited about that conversation. But just the last kind of graph that okay. we're talking about as well. Is I like this Venn diagram of where all these different skills and passions or Vernas meet. That is where your Dharma is. Your Dharma is at the center. And those circles are passion, skill, compassion, usefulness, service, charity, talent, which is, again, to you, occupation, Dharma's in the middle where all of those meet. Yeah. Super dope, super dope. All right, so let's let's talk about our verdict. All right, your what? Verdict on our, our test. Our oh, verdict. I thought test. you were saying like Varna or something. No, 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 our verdict. Um, 
So, all right, you want to go first? Or yeah. you want to explain what the test is? Yeah, basically, like? it's 20 questions. Um, it does say here, like, answer these questions for who you believe you are at the core, beyond what friends, family, or society has made you choose, which I think is just a great way to start a real great personality way to start test. To tell you, like, just, please answer honestly for you. you. This is no, like, yeah. I can compare with hers. The other thing is, I think it's useful that you could do this a different way as well. You could do this for who you want to be. Who Absolutely. you aspire to be. Absolutely. And you can compare and contrast with who you are now and who you deem to be at your root yep. versus who you aspire to be. And and do you and we can talk about that after. Like do you do you feel like that's gonna serve you? Right. And I really wanna break that down later. All right, so um I'm gonna be honest here. All right, well, let's give a. Uh, I'm gonna just give you an example of like just okay. what the first question right, is. Cool. Which of the following sounds most like what you're about? Values and wisdom, A. Integrity and perfection, B. Work and play hard, C. Stability and balance, D. And I'll give you another example because some are just as simple as this. At an event or party, how do you spend your time? A, having a meaningful discussion with one or two people. B, I usually talk to, with a group of people. C, I somehow end up in the center of attention. Or D, I help with whatever needs to be done. What did you choose for that? For that one? Uh -huh. B. Which was? Uh, I usually talk with a group of people. Okay, cool. I started and I was just random. Because, but I yeah, it'll be tough sometimes. Random question. Let's jump into this. Um, do you feel like I end up at the center of attention in a lot of group situations? Yeah, but that's because your stories be good. But <laughs> I'm a good story. and you being vulnerable, so I think you really, honestly, could have chose any of those answers. Yeah, I literally agree. any of those. Because I do like I purposely go to like one or two people and have a very deep conversation in group settings. And that's what I put. I put A because yeah. I'm thinking at the core of me, what would I like prefer? Yeah. At the core of me, it would definitely be you just. One meaningful yeah. conversation. That's what's up. Um, so, you want to tell what you got first, or? Yeah, I go first. Right. You know, I don't like going first, but all right. So, uh, the answer key is just simple. The most selected letter likely reflects your varna. My most selected letter. Oh, I didn't realize this. I guess it was a tie. Mine is a tie too. That's crazy. Mine is a tie between God and Creator. <laughs> Mine's a tie between God and Guide and Maker. Mm, that's the logical side of you. Yeah, for sure. Hmm, so I, I think I got seven for God, seven for Maker, Leader I got four, and Creator I got two. That says a lot. Leader you got four? Yeah. Leader I got four, I got two for Maker. <laughs> okay. So we swapped and created Maker, basically. Yeah, that You're says a lot. It's uh, so all annoying. The time. It's so annoying. He doesn't want to accept that, but he's definitely. And we can break that down in another video of why I don't <laughs> want to accept it, but. I I agree. I I am very intrigued in the creation process and Absolutely. everything creation creation. But I guess the the maker aspects of creation, I'm not. And I think a lot of the maker aspects in creation, you still don't lean into. Is why I get upset when uh, you start I don't lean praising into my creation. Because <laughs> then that lets me, you feel that allows me to back away from being a creative. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, get you off the hook. Hmm. I mean. The things you excel at don't mean I'm, you know, I'm off the hook, right? No, I didn't say that. Okay. What do you mean by that? I mean, uh, putting yourself out there and trying those things to truly yeah, say okay. that you don't. All right. So <laughs> even going more into that, and, and this is like, if you're really looking for your purpose, this, I think this whole chapter and the personality test will help, but I'm going to give you. Um, oh yeah. Please break um, that down. What, what I highlighted here is after, out of these four, when I was reading, I took the personality test at the end. When I was reading, I highlighted which one I thought I was going to be. Nice. So I highlighted God. Same. Was, I thought I was going to be a God. <laughs> I forgot. So um, 
I think that's good. But what this does is like tells you different things or modes about each of these varnas. So, for example, for God, um, originally or and today is teachers, guides, gurus, coaches, mentors. Their skills are learning, studying, sharing knowledge and wisdom. Um, this is a coach or a mentor, no matter what role they play. They like having time and space to reflect. They value knowledge and wisdom. They like to work alone at times. Um, they help find they f help they find that helping people is meaningful, fulfilling, and um, is purposeful. They enjoy intellectual pursuits in their spare time. Um, they do not. Oh, mode of ignorance is what this is now. Is don't practice what they preach. They don't lead by example, and they struggle with implementation. So mode of ignorance is just saying what to watch out for if you are a god. Right, and mode of impulse. As well. Um, love to debate and destroy others' arguments. Hmm. Use knowledge for strength and power. <laughs> Intellectually curious. The mode of goodness is they use knowledge to help people find their purpose, aspire to better know themselves in order to give more and realize knowledge is not theirs to use alone, but they are here to serve. You know, it's crazy. What we say we're going to be when we retire? Teachers. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Math teachers. All right, so that was good on, on God. Yeah. Um, I guess I would like to hear you read the Makers one as well. And just, okay. were you surprised that you got Makers as well, Swah? Um, and I'll, I'll do the same thing with a creator, or I can do creator first if you want. I don't, I wasn't necessarily surprised. Okay. I didn't think I would, but I mean, my, my occupation is in here, so that's why I wouldn't say I was surprised. In Makers? Yeah. Okay. So originally they're artists, musicians, creators, writers today. They're social workers, therapists, doctors, nurses, CEOs, head of human resources, artists, musicians, engineers, coders, carpenters, cooks. Skills is inventing, supporting, and implementing. Uh, the mode of ignorance is depressed by failure. They feel stuck and unworthy and are anxious. Uh, mode of impulse, they explore and experiment with new ideas. They juggle too many things at the same time. Lose focus on expertise and care. Focus more on money and results. Their mode of goodness, driven by stability and security, generally con content and satisfied with the status quo. Uh, choose meaningful goals and to pursue. Work hard, but maintain balance with family commitments. Best right-hand man or woman. Lead team gatherings. Oh. Support those in need. <laughs> Highly skilled at manual professions. Um, and it, it also has, like, connections. So That this, first line is very interesting. Yeah. Makers and creators complement each other. Uh, makers make creators focus on detail, quality, gratitude, contentment. Creators help makers think bigger and become more goal. You know what's so funny about that? I feel like we're opposite in those two things. Really? In my opinion. Mm. I think we're still both creators and makers, but I don't know if you make me focus on like detail, quality, definitely maybe some gratitude and contentment, but... The detail and quality part, I don't think you, like... I definitely make you focus on quality and everything. Okay. But, I mean, that's my opinion. But Okay, I, I, I don't think you like, do. I think you more so make me focus on the other part of thinking bigger, like how this can apply to something else. Well, and I, I think you do that, maybe you do that not as verbally. You do it subtly and don't know that you do that. Okay, I can agree with that. I guess with quality, I'm saying, like, I think I make you, like... Not make you, but, like, I drive, like, I'm very particular. And so, you know, like, oh, if Lindsay's asking me to do something, I want to do it right. 
because she real particular about shit. So okay, yeah, I agree. You with know that. what I'm saying? When I'm if you cleaning the counter or washing the dish, like okay, yeah, you're right. I agree with that, hundred uh, percent. Appearance. Yeah, exactly. Pay attention. What, what, we need. No, you gotta do better than that. But yeah, so varnish section and purpose was super good. That's probably what I would say I can apply to my life right now. Is just using this and some of these. I think with the maker, what's super surprising is I identify with a lot of the mode of ignorance and mode of impulse in that a lot. Yeah, and what that again awareness does equips you with how to counteract those, be Absolutely. proactive. Uh, if I run through the creator real quick, originally they're merchants, business people. Today they're marketers, salespeople, entertainers, producers, CEOs. Skills is brainstorming, networking, and innovating. They make things happen, can convince themselves and others of anything. Great at sales, negotiation, persuasion. Highly driven by money, pleasure, and success. Very hardworking and determined. Excel in trade, commerce, and banking. Always on the move. Work hard, play hard. I love that answer for a lot of stuff. Work hard, play hard is very big for me. Do both very well. Mm -hmm. uh, mode of ignorance. Can become corrupt and sell things with no value. Start to lie, cheat, steal to sell something. Beaten down by failure. Can get burned out, depressed, or moody just due to being overworked. Mode of impulse. Status driven. Dynamic, charismatic, and captivating. Hustler, goal-oriented, tireless. Mode of goodness, use money for the greater good, create products and ideas that make money but also serve others, provide jobs and opportunities for others. I love that mode of goodness. I think the mode of impulse, again, is something that speaks to me. Uh, I definitely can get burnt out a lot of times just like overthinking or trying to do too much at once instead of taking on one thing at a time. I don't think I'm status driven too much, but I definitely, uh, I'm very aware that I am capable of being very dynamic, charismatic and captivating. And I try to counteract that by being overly humble and overly mm -hmm. other things to help keep me grounded because I know I can my ego can easily go through the through the roof and make me be some charming person that's selling whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I don't want to be out here pushing P for the wrong things. All right, is there anything you can apply to your life right now um, from this book, which? It's tons of stuff, but yeah. Routine. Again, routine. <laughs> I'm definitely going to use this book to help define out my routine, and I'm going uh, to dive completely into it by establishing a morning routine and an evening routine. It talks about you want to use time to figure out that routine, and that routine for the morning when you're using time is uh, thankfulness, Insight, meditation, and exercise. This is all the same stuff. 5 a.m. club, uh, other videos and books we work where they're talking about the morning routine, uh, the miracle morning, all of this stuff. They're saying the same thing. I think once you start to do the studies and the readings like we keep talking about, it it almost gets to the point where you be reading and you be like, man, you start talking to yourself like, Paris, how many times do you got to reread about a routine before you actually going to get one? Right. How many times we got to see this? So uh, the evening routine, um, it talks so much about, again, it mentions, mentions. okay, so let me break down what the monkey mind is too right okay, now because that would be a good point. And what's the original question? What I'm taking away from this? Oh, routine. All right, I just want to make sure. I, I know I might ramble a little bit. Routine, routine. Monkey mind equals pretty much a child's mind. Mm -hmm. So when you're a monkey mind, uh, you're just stuck in a very childlike temperament. Mm -hmm. Not childlike. 
childish. Childish. I want to be very specific on that. But I, I don't want to say childlike. Use the analogy about like how your your mind just swings from one spot to the other, going with the flow. Another metaphor for your mind and thoughts and yeah. feelings are all clouds. Yeah. What all of these practices and techniques are stuff to help you. Remember that the sun is on the other side of those clouds and the sun in the metaphor that they use the sun is yourself mm -hmm. You're creating space so that you can Keep reconnecting with yourself on the other side of those clouds and, and realize that even when it's raining and storming You're still on the other side of those clouds and you're fine. and You're gonna be okay yep. throughout whatever storm is happening So again, the monkey mind is just that childish mind. So right now to be childish defined as by this book not by Paris <laughs> is you react quickly to stuff emotionally. You are suffering from overthinking because uh, like like I talked about at one point, when you have those bad thoughts, good thoughts come and you just are fine with those. But when the bad thoughts come, oh no, why am I thinking that? I'm a bad person. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Now you get into this feedback loop of you're trying to police yourself instead of giving yourself grace, which you eventually get to, but you truly don't. You know, you start just staying in that anxiety, depressed mindset instead of choosing to, to know that this time will come out and choosing to do some kind of technique to get you out of it. Absolutely. That's great. Um, I just want to, I, I just got one more thing. That you can say whatever you want. I want to, I really want to say, um, and this is more so about like meditation. And I think this was a fantastic point. And he starts in the conclusion of the book, he basically starts going through like steps that you should take to meditate or how you can meditate. Um, and it says a novice monk went to his teacher and said, I'm terrible at meditating. My feet fall asleep and I'm distracted by the outside noises when I'm not uncomfortable it's because I can barely stay awake. So he's like falling asleep and stuff. All right, um, and the, basically it will pass. The teacher said simply, and by her expression, the novice knew that the conversation was over. A month passed and the novice took the teacher aside, smiling proudly. I think I figured it out. I feel so serene, more focused and centered than I've ever been. My meditation is beautiful. It will pass, the teacher replied. So basically what this is saying is, there's no measure of success in your meditation. There will be good times and you will feel like you're being fruitful from this meditation. And there will be moments where you feel like nothing is happening. Allow that to pass. It will all pass. This too shall pass. So uh, just remember that. Give yourself grace and continue to stay on this path knowing that it'll ultimately it's going to help you. Beautifully said. That's just a small chapter in this book. And just to close out on what I was talking about with uh, why routines are important and just talking about um, what you're learning with, with awareness to be able to do things and, and calm that monkey mind. Um, and I don't really like monkey mind, but I get it. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's trained to drive the chariot of the mind. And it gives an example of... Uh, your intellect should drive your mind. Using your mind as a tool, your mind is controlled pretty much by your senses. Um, and when you try and think about it, of course, and you're listening to all those multiple voices, it doesn't make sense in our head why our mind isn't working for our own best interest. Yeah. Why would we stand in our own way? And um, That chariot example was good. It's though. so good. That's why I kind of want to read it a little yeah, bit. So ahead, it's like... It. In the untrained state, the charioteer, which is your intellect, yourself almost, is asleep on the job. So this is your untrained, unaware state. Mm -hmm. 
the horses, which are the senses. So you got like five horses, your five senses. Um, they see a tasty looking shrub. They bend to eat it. Um, horses left to their own devices react to what's around them. So your emotions left to their own devices will react to what's around In the same way our senses are activated in the moment by food, money, sex, power, influence, etc. If the horses are in control, the chariot veers off the road in the direction of temporary pleasure and instant gratification. In the train state, your intellect is awake, aware, and attentive. It's not allowing the horses to lead you wherever it's going. You're leading these horses with your mind. And the charioteer uses the reins of the mind to carefully steer the chariot along the correct route. And it breaks down literally how you can master those senses. Um, you want to use your senses as horse, Like, you still use the horses on the chariot, but you just don't let them lead. You still, you know. It's can, the same stuff. You're not allowing your emotions to control you. Absolutely. You are in control. Even when your emotions are on the brink, you're in control of what your body's going to do. No, we're going to sit here and we're going to figure this out. Or no, we're going to go and do, like, you're in control. The monkey mind is reactive, but the monk mind is proactive. Let's say that whenever you wake up, you get on YouTube to watch one video and you end up going down a rabbit hole. You drift from a cute animal video to a shark attack compilation, and before you know it, you're watching Sean Evans eating hot sauce with a celebrity guest. Senses recklessly transport our minds away from where we want them to be. Don't tease your own senses. Don't set yourself up to fail. A monk doesn't spend time in a strip club. I'm sorry for the monk, but we want to minimize the mind's reactive tendencies. And the easiest way to do that is for the intellect to proactively steer the senses away from stimuli. So essentially, without reading all of this, he's saying like monks remove all temptation. So they're saying like, I'm not better than y'all. I just remove myself from situations that's going to make me do as a human is going to do and react and act on those senses. So that's what we talk about as black people a lot is like put us put anybody in those environments, not just black people. You're going to get a lot of people reacting in that way. So the environment is key. But we're also doing that conflicting duality of ideas on despite being in those circumstances and situations, we still can come out. Victorious. Victorious, or whatever you define victorious to be. Absolutely. I think uh, ultimately this book, the biggest <laughs> lesson I learned was just watching how Jay Shetty, you know, during his time as a monk and all the things that he learned, he allowed himself grace. And even when he didn't originally think he would, he's like, oh, I'm doing this wrong, or oh, I hate this. And he learned all these lessons to just allow yourself grace and continue on the path that you're going on. Um, so I excellent read excellent book i suggest i'm gonna read it again like this is definitely a re even like uh people saying that basically you could be in a section of letting go or growing or uh giving and it just depends on where you are yeah life different right sections here. will start to speak to you that you just didn't you were in the mindset to accept right then at that moment uh the last thing i was gonna say really about like the evening routine that it talked a lot about is that like your evening routine is just as important as your morning routine because it sets you up for your morning routine. It's like uh, he talked about how like going to sleep anxious and thinking about all this stuff you got to do in the morning. You've said this before, even before you read this book at the spiritual retreat, but like literally taking away decisions, having to make so many decisions in your life clears up room, space and opportunity for that personal development and growth. So, like, your evening routine can embody you aligning your energy so that you can wake up on your own terms. You essentially get to the point where your body is waking up without the alarm clock. You're waking up, and you, you control your day and own your day. 
even talking about monks getting up super early and how he was saying like, yeah, I'm getting up super early because I'm going to bed early. Like, it's not rocket science. Like, I don't know how you get up so early. Well, I, if I you went to sleep early. at 8 p.m., <laughs> you you, up at I think you easily could wake up at 4. <laughs> right. You're, you're going to wake up. <laughs> For sure. So, uh, excellent read. Uh, I think, do we ever get to a story that story in our life that relates? Story time. Oh. With LG and P. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. My life. With LG and P. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. With LG and P. Story time. Thinking about a story in my life that relates. Bringing it back kind of full purpose for me. And it's funny because you're involved in the story. That's why I love stories like that where you can... You can give your perception on it too. So, okay, cool. and I'm open to it. Okay. So during our spiritual retreat, which is funny that divine, I I wasn't reading this book yet. I don't think. No, I think you got it right. Out yeah, there. I got it right out there, which is funny. But this book made me realize something from our spiritual retreat when I was tripping. It's a story in my life. So going through all this spiritual awareness, self awareness, trying to do the work and personal development and stuff. Uh, me and Yogi LG go on this hike on the side of a mountain. Random trail in West Bumblefuck, middle of nowhere place or whatever. So we go on this uh, hike. And by the uh, way, I don't know why we're on the side. I have no clue. Why we picked this trail. 40, this it's mountain, not safe. This mountain is at a 45. Well, it ain't a mountain. I'm, I'm exaggerating. It, I mean, it's something. It's, it's, it's some kind of land. The mass. truth is somewhere in the middle. <laughs> we own like a cliff, mountain, whatever. You probably ain't going to die if you fall, but you're going to hurt yourself pretty bad. Yeah. Set literally a 45 degree angle. Your shoes are leaning when you're trying to walk. Just... Don't know why we why are we doing it. Well, why, where are we going? Middle of the woods. Hey. But hey, whatever. We we out here. It's five in the morning. Dark. Dark. Sun coming up. Oh we complaining. We here and stuff. We just did a hike the other day. Legs hurt. Out out there. Yeah. So we walk in, just walking, just trusting intuition, doing meditations yeah. and stuff. Just doing whatever, trying stuff. Cause we know we don't want to be stuck no more in like whatever rut we're in right now. So we having conversations as we do it and stuff. Sometimes we quiet. Towards the way back. I just, I don't even know why, but something, and I do know why now, it was my ego, but something came over me telling me that, like, yeah, Paris, we had just had that conversation about, after we watched that five minute of Know Your Life Purpose in five minutes, mm -hmm. what is your, like, life purpose? And I found my life purpose to be something around being a God, something similar to that. So I was like, man, dang, I can use Lindsay. Like, I can use Yogi LG as, like, I, I, what I felt, which is none of my business, what I felt Yogi LG to be going through a storm. And I was like, if I'm a good guy, I should be able to get somebody out of a storm, right? Like, I should be able to. But my approach was horrific. <laughs> it, it lacked empathy, compassion. It lacked patience. It lacked all these different things that I can recognize now. But in that moment, I'm, I have the same old good intentions. Where I, my intention is to help her realize that, hey, man, you're going through a storm. I see these things, and I want you to come out of it. But my approach was more so like trying to feed and how good of a God I could be and not being compassionate to her situation. So I literally tell her like, hey, like my my life purpose is to be like a God or something. I'm saying stuff literally verbatim like this. Like how interested would you be if I be like your spiritual God or something like that? <laughs> and literally after I said it, she looked at me so disgusted and crazy because she's not a good at like hiding her facial expression. And she just still heard me out like, well, what's that entail? Well, I can tell you this. I was saying some cocky stuff like, hey, if you if you ever quit, then I ain't going to be your spiritual guide ever again. Because I kind of want to, you know, I got reasons behind the stuff I'm saying, but I'm saying wild stuff like, hey, all right, this is all entails. 
if you ever quit, then I just will never be a spiritual guide again, kind of to put a little bit of pressure on it. And I forget the other rule where it was just like, um, more so rules. I still try to have rules around like how I give you advice, when I would give you advice, whatever. And still knowing that like, you don't have to accept the advice. I did, I did, I did at least leave those caveats, but long story short, it took me all the 24 hours to apologize the next day and be like, yo, I was tripping. I was tripping. I was tripping like a mug. Yeah, he started tripping too much, and he was like, you got an assignment. And I was like, you so, about to be my daddy, bro. Chill out. But nah. you was tripping as well. Hey, we not talking about me. We okay, cool, cool, cool. See, that's being defensive, but I was just saying, you, you, you try to point it out a little bit. You that's me being defensive. I was tripping. And I could tell that it wasn't even being received well, so I was tripping even more because I felt like I was coming with such good intentions. Yeah. So long story short, that's my story that relates. And just seeing the growth and how I can see that same, that same situation a different way just from going through life and learning and doing self-development that I can understand that I was tripping in even more so. All right, so I, I think I want to end with something more. And this chapter is on mind. Well, you're not ending. Because you got a story to tell. That's what I mean. Okay. And I would like to hear about, like, how that experience was for you. Okay. Well, let me go back. Um, that your, your story experience? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, mean, you were there. I was talking to you. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, I, like, I knew you had good intentions. I, knew, I could tell that you had good intentions. I could see your passion. You were definitely wanting to help me in whatever way you could. But you were saying things like, this is serving my ego. So... Be aware that this could be serving yeah, my ego. And that was weird for me that I was aware that it was like coming from my ego, right. but I just did not care at that moment. Yeah, you were like still. So for me, it was just trying to like hear again. I was trying to hear you out because I knew you were coming from a good place and had good intentions. But I knew at some point I was going to have to like draw a line. And I was cool. Like, I think I was cool. Like, all right, yeah, we can talk about you spiritually guiding me and stuff. All right, yeah. And then you start like, you kept pressing like, oh, you got to do this too. And you got to yeah, do this too. and it more so wasn't trying to be your spiritual guide. It was more so, I, I lean more on the self-awareness side of it because I, I wouldn't want to spiritually guide anybody. So I'm saying spiritually and almost self-aware interchangeably, but yeah, more so leaning on the being aware, 360 right. aware, feedback type stuff, and it went horribly wrong. Yeah. But. but, I mean, I think I was slightly offended, but it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. Like, I just knew you was feeding your ego, and you had already said that. So I was like... Yeah, he definitely feeding his ego now. So, yeah. Um, a story that relates to my life. Um, when I was reading this book, I thought about uh, just because I've been a positive person for a long time. I would say that. Uh, I'm okay with saying that. But I haven't always, you know, been super self-aware or whatever. So I've always been working at this. Um, when I was younger, 16, 17, I listened to NDRE for like, just for fun. Like, I just blasted her music in my room. That was my person. And she talks about a lot of positivity, cleansing your heart, doing all these things. And I read this statement, and it made me think of that just that time in my life. So if we work every day to cleanse our thoughts, gently redirecting the ones that don't serve us, then our minds are pure and calm and ready for growth. Um, and another one says, if you ruminate on sadness and negativity, it will enforce a sense of sadness and negativity. But if you cultivate cultivate compassion, joy, and inner freedom, then you build up kind, you build up kind of a resilience, and you can face life with confidence. And so I think that my positivity and confidence has come from me just constantly putting 
certain things in my life to remind me to be a certain way, to cleanse my mind, to to put joy in the people and compassion in the people knowing it'll come back. Um, so I think that has always been a big part of my life. And I think even this journey of like Zen trap and reading is just kicking that back into gear. And I feel myself becoming more positive by the moment. So it's kind of a story in my life that relates, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I just, for my understanding, what was the story part? Just me listening to NDR, not necessarily a story, just me. Okay, cool. Okay. This is a good book. <laughs> This, this is a very good book. Go listen to NDRE while you read this book. <laughs> Break the shell. You should. That's a good. That's a good song. Get it together. That's a good one too. I don't know any of these songs. Yeah, but. cool. All right, anything else? Nah, man. I think I'm all talked out on this. Um, I could keep going for sure, but you gotta get what you get from the book. You can't take what we get. I hope it just inspires you to. Even if it's not this book, I hope it inspires you to do whatever it is you need to do to get to where you want to be. Absolutely. Uh, again, this is another Zen Trap perspective. This is on Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. We recommend you read it. Um, I'm Yogi LG. Zen P. Protect your peace. Protect your energy. We out. We out. <laughs>